What's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of Top Notch Sports Podcast, man. Coming back to y'all on February 19th, 2020, man. You know, we got another good episode for y'all. Going over uh, recap of the NBA All-Star Game from this past weekend, man. Very, very exciting. Um, All-Star Game, small boxing segment once again, small UFC segment. So y'all get ready to tune in with me, man. The usual, I'm going to let this instrumental run for a little bit. We'll get right into it, man. Thank y'all for tuning in once again. Top Notch Sports, Ken Callaway. Game team LeBron defeating team Giannis 157 to 155. It was a great, great all star game in Chicago this past weekend, man. From from the Rising Stars uh, challenge Friday night to the all star festivities of the skills challenge and three point shootout and dunk contest. And then Sunday, you know, the all star game topped it off. <clears throat> it was amazing, man. From Friday, seeing the seeing all those young guys, Luca and Zion, John Morant. R.J. Barrett, uh, Kendrick Nunn, love the way that they look in the uh, game as well. Uh, very, very entertaining young guys, man. Um, the league is in good hands when it comes to those guys. I believe that, you know, I mean, it's clear that they're the future of the league, but just the just the diversity of talent that's coming to the league with the international players and the way that, you know, the – American players are playing as well. I mean, it's it's just they make the game very very fun and exciting to watch and to see them playing at this level at such a young age, 19, 20, 21. Uh, it's just remarkable to me. You know, uh, like I said, man, just naming some of those guys off. You know, and I believe in the next five to ten years, you know, those will be clear. You know, the best players in the league. They'll be. And MVP talks and all these things. Luca, Zion, Ja, Trey, RJ, um, possibly Kendrick Nunn. Uh, Tyler Hero didn't play uh, due to injury, but, you know, he's great as well. Uh, Miles Bridges and a lot of great guys, man. But um, then Saturday, we had the Skills Challenge. Miami Heat's Bam Adebayo taking that one. I love the new format that the Skills Challenge is in as well. I, I wasn't a big fan of it at first, but now I see the competition in it, you know. Uh, it's very, very competitive and intriguing and interesting now when you, you know, you see those guys going through the past and, and things like that. And then uh, coming down to that last shot, you know, hitting that, hitting that three-point shot, you know. Whoever makes that shot first, you know, they go on to win. Uh, but, it, you know, it's great that they are involving big men in the skills challenge now. You know, five, ten years ago, it was just, you know, guards. You know, we've seen Chris Paul, Darren Williams, Dwayne Wade, and Baron Davis, and all these guys, you know, guards, uh, Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant. We've seen all these guys um, 
only do the skills challenge. Now we have big men, the power fours and the centers of the league that are winning this award, you know, uh, winning this contest. Carl Anthony Towns, now Bam Adebayo. You see Pascal Siakam, Demonte Sabonis um, in the contest as well. You know, it makes it very, very diverse once again. You know, it's all over the league. You have your guards, your two guards, and now your power forwards and your centers competing. But, you know, shout out to Bam Adebayo for getting the win and the skills challenge put on for his team, Miami. Uh, next in, you know, to the dunk contest, I was... It was very, very exciting, man. And to me, the last few years, you know, dunk contest has gone up and down, up and down. Uh, for years, growing up, the dunk contest is what a lot of people looked forward to. And, you know, the, these last few years, it's been a three-point shootout that people have been looking forward to. Uh, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, you know, brought the dunk contest back to, tw you know, in 2016. But still, you know, these last few years, it's been up and down. Um, I remember days from, you know, sitting up watching the 2000 slam dunk contest when I was like six or seven years old, seeing Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady and Steve Francis and all those guys just do these amazing dunks. And then also seeing Nate Robinson, Gerald Green, um, Dwight Howard, all these guys make, you know, make the dunk contest exciting. And then, you know, after those guys, you know, kind of went down, but this year most definitely brought the dunk contest back seeing you know seeing Dwight back in there Pat Connaughton I love what they did but you know it all came down to Derrick Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon I do believe Aaron Gordon got robbed man if you have not seen the dunk contest yet uh man it's Wednesday dunk contest was Saturday I'm pretty sure all my NBA fans have seen it but if you have not man go check it out it was very 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 exciting to see Derrick Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon trade 50, you know, 50 score dunks, you know, back to back, back to back. I do believe Aaron Gordon should have won it, man. You know, he cleared a 7-5 taco fall. He had different, you know, he had a different variety of dunks. Um, Derrick Jones Jr., of course, he can jump, you know. Airplane mode is, you know, his thing. The dude can fly, but he was only doing East Bays, man. He was only going between the legs. The entire night so you know I would have liked to see something different a windmill or a 360 or something when we see Aaron Gordon he's pulling out all these different dunks I do feel like he should have won uh, so it sucked not to see that but at the end of the day it was great so um, that's all that we can really take from it. even though I feel like Aaron Gordon should have won at the end of the day it was very very exciting and I hope to see you know dunk contests with this type of excitement and you know, these great dunkers keep going, but when the crowd is born by the end because somebody because they felt somebody was robbed, it keeps guys like John Morant, Zion Williamson, and those guys to compete. You know, LeBron has never competed, and, you know, we see why. Um, so hopefully we get some very, very good judges in there that's, you know, that's going to judge the right way. But, you know, on to the three-point shootout, it was also very, very entertaining to see Davis Bertans from Washington shoot the ball the way he did. Great big man that has range. Uh, Devin Booker replacing Damian Lillard. Uh, those three guys, Bertans, Booker, and Buddy Hill. Oh, man, those guys, those guys can shoot. They can shoot the rock, man. Uh, Buddy Hill, you know, he took the three-point uh, title this year. 
getting on his last money ball. His last money ball uh, edged out different book about one point twenty seven twenty six. It was great to see those guys shoot because it's you know Buddy getting off to slow starts, but then heating up. Uh, Devin doing Devin Booker things, just cooking. Uh, but three point shoot has always been exciting, intriguing, interesting these last few years as well. Um, I love what they're doing with the three point shootout. I mean, just the way the game is changing, it's more shooters than anything. So when you think shooters in a in a league, you think of course Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, but now you also have to factor in you have your Devin Bookers, your Buddy Hills, your Davis Bertons, your Joe Harris, Damian Lillard. Um, you know, you have all these guys that can shoot the rock. So uh I love the three point shootout every year I look forward to it as well. Um but on to the All Star game, man. Uh Kawhi, man, he was shooting the ball like he should have been in a three point shootout in that first half. I love the format. Uh when they came out with the format, I believe, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe to maybe like a month ago, I wasn't a fan just off reading how the thing was gonna go. Wasn't a fan of, but I, you know, I, I knew maybe if I watched the game, uh, I would have a different outlook, and I did, man. I really, really enjoy this new format because in the fourth quarter, it allows guys to really compete. It, I mean, we are used to the first three, you know, the first three quarters of an All Star game being somewhat competitive, a lot of alley oops, a lot of threes, and things like that, and then maybe the last three to four minutes, depending on the score. Um, in the fourth quarter, we're seeing guys then play hard, but we've seen guys play hard the entire fourth quarter because there was no game clock. There was a a game point to be reached, and those guys played like it. You know, the feel of the fourth quarter of the All-Star game felt like, you know, it had the feel of a game seven in the finals. And I, I loved it. You know, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time watching it with my mom. <clears throat> I loved it, man. But Kawhi walked away with the first Kobe Bryant NBA All-Star Game MVP award. I love the entire the entire production and the presentation of the All-Star Game. The intros, Common did an amazing job. Jennifer Hudson did an amazing job. Magic Johnson um, honoring the city of Chicago and honoring Kobe Bryant and just the way that they put that out there. I mean, it just had you locked in from then on, you know, so um, loved it, man, you know, second half of the season kicks off as well um, putting behind us probably the best All-Star weekend in a long time so, you know, now is who who emerges as a favorites to win the NBA title with the Clippers now getting ready to sign Reggie Jackson makes them very, very tough to beat, man, I mean their, their depth is Amazing! You got teams that's on the you know outside of, on the outside looking in of the playoff race. Can they get in? Will Memphis stay in the AFC? Will Portland get that you know spot because they're sitting in the ninth seed? You got San Antonio. You still have that young Pelican squad. You know who knows? And with the Lakers right now, like, are you guys gonna make any changes to uh, you know improve your team? Because clearly the Clippers are doing that to be the best team and, you know, be their best selves and hopefully to come out the West. The Lakers have done nothing. They had their chance to trade deadline, couldn't couldn't make any trades, didn't sign anybody. Darren Collison backed out, said, I want to stay retired. So I I truly believe that uh, 
some changes have to be made. Some changes have to be made um, to help out AD and Braun. Of course, out the East, you got the powerful, powerful Milwaukee Bucks led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, those guys. Miami made some moves um, over the trade deadline. Can the Sixers bounce back after, you know, this all-star break? Can they find some type of connection to win games, being a top three team to now, you know, being a six seed, fifth seed, you know, they're falling in between those um, spots in the ranking. So, who's, you know, who knows? We have to see if those guys can pick it back up. You still got Boston, Indiana with Victor back. The East is looking pretty good as well. Uh, Toronto, of course. Of course, um, Milwaukee is going to be your favorite. They're going to be your favorite, but now that the second half of the season is getting ready to kick off, I want to know who emerges as you guys' favorite. But that is the end of this NBA segment, man. Um, next up, we got the boxing segment. Caleb Plant defended his IBF middle, super middleweight title this past weekend as well. Uh, unbelievable performance, as well as a potential uh, next fight for Canelo. Stay tuned, and I'll let y'all know about that. All right, man. Caleb Plant defended his IBF Super Middleweight title fight. And now, uh, in his hometown of Memphis, Tennessee, now he wants that unification fight with any of the champions. But more importantly, he wants that unification battle with the WBC champ, David Benavidez. Um, if you listened to my podcast a few months back, even a few weeks back, when I stated some of the boxing fights that need to happen in 2020, one of them was Caleb Plant taking on David Benavidez. Um, if you are a true boxing fan, you know that that's a great fight. You know, the slick defensive style of Caleb Plant versus the juggernaut offensive style of David Benavidez. I mean, that's just a recipe for fireworks. You know, that's a that's a great fight. You know, it's a classic boxer puncher versus the counter puncher, slick defensive guy. So I would love to see that fight come up next, but in his hometown, Caleb Plant put on a show against his mandatory. Um, I just love what I've seen from, you know, I've always loved what I've seen from Caleb Plant since winning the title. Um, just the defense that he brings, not being able to be hit. I love guys who, you know, put so much effort into not being hit. Um, a lot of guys love those toe-to-toe fights when guys are trading punches. Me, I'm not so much of a big fan of that. It depends on the actual fight. Um, like, a lot of guys love Pacquiao and Marquez, and, you know, I did as well. Uh, same with Gotti versus War, but those are not, you know, fights that I go to and watch. <clears throat> I like guys who, you know, really, who really put in the time. Guys who really put in their work to be defensive guys, you know, they put in that work to be skillful fighters. I love watching skillful fighters, you know, Floyd Mayweather was my favorite boxer of all time. I love skillful guys. Caleb Plant is a skillful fighter. Um, that's why I believe that I am so intrigued by his fighting style, but man, he looked a lot, you know, better offensively. I've always felt like he's a very, very good offensive fighter, but his defense is the, you know, the centerpiece of his fight style, but I mean, he looked he looked good, you know, he was fighting a stationary target. Um, that was his mistake, being so stationary, just, you know, looking to 
block the shots, not looking to slip anything. And Caleb Plant, you know, the guy began to break through that guard. He's not the biggest puncher, but it's his output, the fact that he was putting punches and bunches, four or five punch combinations. Uh, he was wearing on the, you know, he, that type of style, the fact that he's missing shots, he's making them miss, and then he's taking four or five punch combinations right on the nose, you know, upside the head, right in the eye. Those those type of punches will break you down, and eventually the ref has seen enough, you know. The guy wasn't landing any punches either, so I was very impressed by that performance by Caleb, you know. For him to be, I believe that's his 20th victory, 12 knockouts, he fights as if he's a guy of 30-plus, you know, fights. He's just so calm in the ring, uh, always in control. His ring generalship was an A-plus, in my opinion, his last two fights. Uh, the stoppage winner with Mike Lee last year. Uh, I just love the way Caleb Plant fights. He's only getting better, so I would love to see him take that big step in competition with a David Benavidez or a Callum Smith or, you know, even a former champ like Anthony the dog, the real. I would love to see you know those fights happen, but they're very impressed with his performance. And uh, also, Canelo Alvarez, he has not fought since he uh, knocked out Sergey Kovalev um, at the, in the 175 pound division of the light heavyweights. We're hearing that he's going to move back down to 168 super middleweight, uh, possibly to take on Billy Joe Saunders. May 2nd, you know, Canelo loves to fight Cinco de Mayo weekend. Of course, we expect to see him around that time. It's not Cinco de Mayo if Canelo isn't fighting around that time. So the biggest attraction in boxing, pound for pound king, in my opinion, fighting Billy Joe Saunders, who's a very slick defensive guy as well. Um, would love to see Billy Joe get that shot against Canelo. Um, it's another fight that fans have been wanting. Billy Joe has been wanting that fight. And me as a fight fan, I would love to see that fight as well. You know, uh, to see Canelo fight a guy who's not easily hit as well. You know, and Canelo has some great defense. Eager to see if Billy Joe can hit him, but Canelo clearly has that power. He clearly has a power advantage over that fight. So, to me, the big question is, can Billy Joe take the punch of Canelo at 168 pounds? Can he, you know, Hit Canelo clean? Can he, you know, can he show the judges that he's winning rounds? Canelo is very good at throwing shots, landing shots that's catching the attention of judges because when you watch him fight, <clears throat> the punch that he lands is it's always a ooh or a ah, you know, uh, when he lands or, you know, if he's making a connection to the arm or, you know, just above the belt line, you know, anything that Canelo throws, you see it. He makes sure that you see every punch that he's throwing. So, I believe it's a great fight to be made, man. I believe it's a great fight to be made. I hope they do get the deal done within the next few weeks, maybe within the next week or so. Um, I would pay to see that fight, though. I would pay to see Canelo versus Billy Joe. Very, very underrated fight, in my opinion, because not a lot of people are talking about it. But if you know Billy Joe Saunders, the kid can fight, you know. He can fight. Canelo is a top pound-for-pound pound star, so he has a lot to gain defeating Canelo. He has a lot to gain defeating, you know, the top guy. He raises his stock for sure. And for Canelo, you know, that's another, you know, good fighter. 
good quality skill fighter under his belt if he can beat Billy Joe. Um, most definitely, it's a win-win for both guys. So let's let's hope that Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy and Canelo and Billy Joe and his team. Let's hope they can get the deal done. <clears throat> also, I would love to see uh, Golden Boy and Eddie Hearn come together and get the deal done for Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney. Ryan Garcia is coming off of a first-round knockout over uh, Fonseca. But um, we're hearing that his next fight, which will be like in July, June, July, I know the summer for sure, Jorge Linares wants Ryan Garcia. So that's a very, very good fight. But, you know, he says that he wants Linares and then Tank and then Devin Haney. Me, uh, I'm not a boxer. Uh, I'm not a promoter or anything like that, but I know enough about the sport to know that uh, Ryan Garcia should stay away from Tank. You know, Tank should be the last guy that you should fight. Uh, not Devin Haney. Not Devin Haney. Uh, I believe you go Linares, Haney, and then possibly Tank. Uh, but taking Tank this early, it's not, it's not the smart thing to do. You know, that's a, that's a guy with tremendous speed and power. Um, I love Ryan's style. You know, his 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 fight style has grown on me as well. Uh, he took a big step in competition fighting Fonseca. I would like to see him take that next step with Linares and then Haney and then Tank. You know, Tank is a true champion uh, and a guy that's very ferocious, very sharp, very powerful, and very skilled. Not too many people just key in on the skills of Tank. He's very skillful. You know, he's 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 been taught. He's taken pointers from probably one of the most skillful fighters of all time in Floyd Mayweather. So taking fighting tank last would be the best thing for Ryan Garcia. Um, but once again, man, impressed by his performance as well. Just so, so, so fast, man. Probably, you know, he calls himself a flash for a reason. So very fast and his his speed, um, just catches a lot of guys off guard. I think that's where his knockouts come from. The fact that it's so quick and a blink of an eye, he's catching the hard left hook or or quick right hand, followed by another left hook. You know, it's just so fast, and I think it catches guys off guard. Um, but would love to see him fight. You know, Devin Haney in the near future, hopefully before this year ends, and hopefully in 2021, uh, beginning of 2021, he can get a fight with Tank if it makes sense around that time. If he can get, you know can get through these next two fights with Linares and hopefully Devin Haney. Uh, but as I said on my last episode, man, Wild and Fury this weekend, man, be sure to tune in. Uh, it's going to be a great, great fight once again. So uh, let me know who y'all got in that fight. Let me know if y'all think Ryan Garcia can defeat Javante Tank Davis, man. But uh, this is it for the boxing segment. And last, it, um, it will be our UFC segment. So uh, stay tuned. segment of the day <clears throat> our UFC segment one of the things that uh it's not gonna be a very very big segment either man but one of the things I want to talk about is uh John Jones pound for pound the best fighter in the world on an MMA landscape on an MMA level uh doesn't matter what promotion you're talking about whether it's UFC Bellator one championship um 
anything else. John Jones is that guy. John Jones has one loss on his record, but you know it comes from a disqualification. Man, you know he's beaten everybody at the top of the game that has come his way. He beat, you know, Rampage said that he beat the best version of Rampage at that time uh, in his first title defense. You know, he won the title against Shogun, you know, being the youngest UFC champion in history. Uh, he, you know, he beat Rashad Evans, he beat Leo Machida, Vitor Belfort, Chell Sonnen. He's beaten, you know, some top, top guys, you know, in good spots of, you know, their game and good spots in their career. He fought Gustafson in 2013. Gustafson came close to beating him. I believe that Gustafson did win that fight. Very, very close fight. He's come close to beat him. <clears throat> he beat DC twice. DC was looking like, you know, maybe DC may be the guy. Cormier is a great fighter. Can't take that away from him, but John beat him easily in that first fight. Finished him in the second fight. Uh, so, I, you know, and then a rematch with Gustafson, he made it look extremely easy. Extremely easy. So, clearly Gustafson wasn't the guy the second time around to beat Jones. Uh, DC wasn't the guy the second time around to beat John. Santos came close. Couldn't get it done, though. And then recently, Dominic, uh, you know, Dominic Reyes came close. A lot of people feel he won the fight. Me watching the fight, I didn't. You know, I, I truly believe John won rounds three, four, and five. <clears throat> Most definitely, you know, clearly he took the championship rounds. Uh, that, that, that third round is up for debate, you know, possibly the second round. Dominic did look very, very good just being active, you know, making contact. But everything that he was throwing wasn't landing clean. You know, John did a good job of being defensive, you know, using his reach and his range to get away from uh, shots. Uh, and John pushed the fight. You know, he, he was in control of the outcome pretty much the entire fight. Uh, he scored two takedowns, I believe. Uh, truly believe that John won that fight, you know. Um, I enjoyed seeing him take the fight to Reyes, put him on his back foot, and just control the octagon. That is a key in winning fights in the UFC. Octagon control. He controlled the octagon clearly the entire fight. But Dominic Reyes did pull up a great fight. Would love to see a, you know, see a rematch. But the question is, is it a job for a heavyweight to defeat John Jones? Will we see John lose when he potentially makes that move to heavyweight? Because there's guys in the heavyweight division that he wants to fight, guys in the heavy in the heavyweight division that want to fight him. The UFC heavyweight champion, Steve Miocic, you know, clearly he's not gonna back down from that fight. Francis Ngannou says he wants that fight. Uh I would like to see a fight with Jones and Curtis Razor Blades. Blades has looked very, very good in his last few fights. I think that would be a very good matchup for John, as well as you know, unless the middleweight champion potentially moves up to 205 and fights John in 2021, as he wants that fight. John wants that fight this year. He wants Izzy, the style bender, Israel Adesanya. He wants that fight. He wants to shut down the hype train. It is, is you know, it is a style bender train. It's style bender, the guy to defeat John. You know, he's a slick counter puncher. Very tall as well, rangy guy. Would love to see those guys square off. But that's the big question, because clearly John has dominated 205. 
he's dominated the 205 pound division. I mean, he has great, he has former champions, he has big names on his resume. Rampage Jackson, Shogun Hua, Leola Machida, Rashad Evans, Alexander Gustafson, twice, Chael Sonnen, Vitor Belfort, Glover Teixeira, Daniel Cormier, twice, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, and now Dominic Reyes. John has some John has one of the best resumes the game has ever seen and they've been in title fights. Even before he won the title, he defeated Ryan Bader. He defeated Brandon Vera. Vladimir Matrusenko. I mean he has a very, very good, very, very great resume. Now the question is, can somebody stop John Jones? I mean, he's only 31, 32. John's in that range. I mean, it feels like John has been fighting forever. You know, since I've been watching UFC, John Jones has, you know, he's been a fighter that I've seen since I was 9 or 10 years old watching UFC Unleashed late nights on a Thursday or Friday or, you know, early Saturday morning. I was, you know... I was seeing John Jones. I was seeing him rise up the ranks, but I was seeing these champions I was winning. Leola Machida, Shogun, Rashad. You know, I was seeing these guys and then to see what John did to them, I was like, whoa, this guy's for real, you know? This guy's for real. So the question is, can somebody, anybody beat John Jones? We have yet to see that, man. We have yet to see somebody beat John Jones. But that is it for this February 19th episode of Top Notch Sports, man. I want to thank y'all for tuning in with me once again. Spread the word. It's the best podcast out. Once again, we'll get another another guest on here soon. Not sure who it will be. I'm looking down the list of names, man. Guys who showing interest. And I appreciate that. Um, I plan on getting y'all on the show, man. Juan Martinez, Isaiah Cade, Isaiah Giles Sr., Isaiah Giles Sr. I got my big brother on here. I got to get my other big brother on here. Um, Jadarian Callaway. Got to get Cameron Aubrey on here. I may look to, you know, get a few of my other homeboys on here. Um, Gregory Weather. Got to get my guy on here, man. But I thank y'all for tuning in with me. Thank you.